Stay fly. Stay fly. Economic empowerment is our civil rights issue. What we're doing here by helping black businesses, by putting resources in our community, this is our marching in the streets. This is our sit-in. This is our march on Washington. If anything I'm saying connects with anybody out there, please go to blackbrand.biz or just call me directly. I'm here for the community. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. Uh, yeah, I'll try to give you the shortened version, obviously. Uh, was raised here, right here in Virginia Beach. Um, born in born in Pennsylvania, but moved here before the age of one. Um I love growing up here in Hampton Roads. Growing up in Hampton Roads in this community has informed so many of my decisions and values. Uh, I first entered into business through music. Uh, I'm a musician. I um, was a solo hip-hop artist and was also a front man for a blues funk hip-hop band called The Special Guests. Uh, We did lots of shows here in Hampton Roads. We did some... Uh, Little East Coast stuff. Um, I was able to take my solo act overseas a bit, did a tour through Tokyo. All of this music stuff was the very beginning of my of my foray into business. I never had a desire to be in business at all. I really, my passion was to be a creative, to be an artist. But I was forced to learn the business end because there was no one else there. So along the way, I started developing a business skill set. Um, I took that business skill set and me and one of my friends from Virginia Beach, who's a neuroscientist, founded a tech company based on the neuroscience of music enjoyment. Uh, we built up that tech company going to different accelerators, incubators, pitching uh, all types of investors. We're, we were able to grow that to five employees. Uh, I was able to make strategic partnerships with the three major music labels. We were able to raise $1.3 million of investment. And uh, we really got some traction going. During that time, uh, I met Blair Durham, who's president, CEO, and co-founder of the Black Chamber of Commerce, known as Black Brand. Uh, Coming up in the startup world, when I first started attending accelerator and incubator programs, uh, being in a room with experts and the very first thing they're saying to you is, how can I help you? was an amazing experience and I told myself then if I have an opportunity to be able to do that in the future that's the guy I want to be for people like me who are on the come up and uh, working with Blair and the chamber gave me that opportunity and now I am full-time program manager for the chamber and that is brand new this is my third week let let me throw that up there real quick Look at that. Yep. Brand manager, Brian Owens. Um, yeah, and that brings us to today. So prior to the past three weeks, because you said you, this is sort of brand new, three weeks you were into this, but prior to that, what would you have been able to say about Black Brand? What, what does it do? Um, so prior to working with Black Brand full time, I uh, met 
some of the members of the chamber, uh, like I said, during the time that I'm out here just building the tech startup, getting awareness up, making sure we're getting investment in, building strategic partnerships, uh, procuring media. And during that process, I, I met members of the chamber and especially Blair Durham, who was really able to help in a practical way, um, not just advice and contacts, but really in a hands-on way, Blair was able to uh, connect me with some media contacts to help get news placements, to raise awareness. Uh, Blair introduced me to some investors and the Investors that I met through Black Brand led directly to $40,000 of investment to close a gap that we were looking for. Uh, and just her passion for the community, for Black business, that really drew me in close. And I joined their, uh, I joined their executive board uh, months before I became a full-time uh, a full-time partner here. So... That's what really introduced me to Black Brand, to the Chamber, is working working to build my startup and seeing how eager and how effective they were to help me. Now, um, notably, improving Black um, Latinx business in Hampton Roads is, is the foremost, is the paramount mission of Black Brand, which would mean that this following quote would actually just be the mission statement to the T. Now let's put it up here on the screen. Our people have to be made to see that anytime you take your dollar out of your community and spend it in a community where you don't live, the community where you live will get poorer and poorer and the community where you spend your money will get richer and richer. Of course, that was Malcolm X. And would you say that um, Black Brand is actually probably one of the best organizations in the state to be able to do that? Uh, yeah, without a doubt. Look, our goal is to promote group economics through professional development and community empowerment. We do that in a variety of ways, uh, like connecting businesses with resources, like having, having free courses on certifications, contract procurement, all the type of things that businesses will need to not only thrive, but to scale. And I believe that Black Brand uh, does this in a powerful way because of the resources and relationships, but then brings that right down to a boots on the ground level uh, to be right in there with the business owners fighting the same war that they're fighting. Hmm. Let's see about some cool social media aspects of Black Brand. We have a question from our Black Empowerment. Bless you. Um, and that would be, can you discuss the podcast that Black Brand has. Um, Blavity named it one of the most important podcasts. So just break that down for me a little bit. So the name of the, the podcast is Black Wall Street Now. I've hosted a couple times, but the regular host is Blair Durham. And we bring in Black business owners, uh, Black startups, Black tech guys, just minority business leaders to talk about their journey and how what they've learned along their journey can help the listeners. It also helps connect people to some cool black businesses and minority owned businesses that they might not have known of otherwise. Uh, the last time I was involved in a recording of 
Black Wall Street today, there was a young black entrepreneur who created a peer a peer funds sharing platform where instead of getting a, a small loan from the bank, you can go directly onto the app and get loans from people, from the community. And community members can join in as borrowers or loaners. So a community member could jump in, put $1,000 on the app, loan it out, have somebody pay it back with interest, and that's a way to grow your money. And if you ever find yourself in a hard position, you can go there as a borrower too. That's just one example of the many cool things that are happening on Black Wall Street today. So you could say that uh, this next question from the Empowerment Agenda, to quote Seiko Varner, how does the black brand empower us tangibly? Those are many of the ways that it does. Yes, absolutely. That's some of the ways that it does. And we also have uh, some industry-specific initiatives and some, some initiatives that are specific to certain business owners because we want to make sure that we're not just reaching the business owners in a broad way, but in a very specific, tangible way. And one of our focuses is closing the access to capital gap. Um, Members of Black Brand and members of our accelerator programs find themselves being funded, either through investment, through credit line, through a loan. Um, So, you know, there's nothing... There are very few things that are as tangible of help as money to a business owner. Now, um, you mentioned accelerator and a couple other uh, good vocabulary words um, (laughs) in there. And I do want to touch on those because they sound like they're each things worthy to uh, jump on. I also want to get to this question from our Black Empowerment. Um, The Afro-Latinx community seems to be making moves. Does Black Brand support them as well? 100 percent the answer is yes um i myself my mother is puerto rican my father is black from harlem um so i'm a member of the afro uh, latinx community but uh black brands initiative some of black brands initiatives are specifically targeted at black and latinx uh business owners and entrepreneurs one of those initiatives is the beforce accelerator program which i'm sure we'll get into accelerators and uh why ours is so important for Andon roads and now i sort of want to segue if we can into um accelerators um you mentioned accelerator before you mentioned incubator before break down sort of what they mean um to someone who might not know how they want to maneuver around the business community. What, what does that do or those things do? Okay, so first let's start here. If you have an idea for a startup, a startup or an established business, there is an ecosystem that fully supports you. There's an ecosystem in your community, no matter where you are in America, there's a startup community there, there's an entrepreneurial support ecosystem, uh, no matter where you are. So in that entrepreneurial ecosystem, in that startup community, there are uh, there are incubation programs, incubators is, incubators are programs that serve business owners and startup owners, especially startup owners, um, where founders come, they have a space, they get resources and uh, mentors. That's the biggest piece. 
to have mentors who are just a couple steps to a thousand steps ahead of them so they can get the information they need and be prepared when they get to the next level. Normally, incubator comes with space. Um, oftentimes, oftentimes, startup founders will even live in incubators. It'll be an entire uh, home or building. Now, an accelerator is less about the space and more about the support and the help. An accelerator program offers entrepreneurs and business owners um, mentorships from many different aspects, some industry-specific mentors and some business mentors who are just well-rounded. Um, the Accelerator program normally will put resources directly in front of you and their only goal, the reason that they exist is just like the name says, to help accelerate your business. They're business accelerator programs. When I was building the tech company, um, one of the most helpful steps uh, in the whole journey was joining a Google accelerator program. Uh, Google has an accelerator program in Nashville, Tennessee, where I lived for one week of every month for a year. Um, and that really changed our trajectory. The Google Accelerator was able to put um, music executives right in front of us, back to back, 10 to 20 meetings a day. We really got to dive into customer discovery and learn the needs and desires of our future clients. So accelerator programs, um, they're really helping to ramp up the bubble of tech and entrepreneurship in, in America. I also want to throw in uh, another question that sort of follows on that and how you might want to do that. Um, I will admit that we might have a special guest in a second. Um, so um, I'm understanding that they might just pop in and I'll just throw him over to um, the floor and let him ask some questions when he does that. But yes. prior to that, I want to have um, this next question up from our Black Empowerment. Black Brand just received a big grant. How do our businesses benefit from that? All right, so yeah, Black Brand received a $750,000 grant from the Rockefeller Foundation. Um, how do our businesses benefit from that? Very directly. We have the B-Force Business Accelerator Program, uh, which is Black Brand's own business accelerator will be taking in each cohort, and each cohort is just each membership series. It's a 12-week program. Um, each cohort will have 40 Black and Latinx-owned businesses as a part of the program. With that grant, we will be injecting $15,000 worth of resources into each of the businesses in the cohorts. Um, I'm sure a little later in the show, I will break down specifically uh, what resources are in that $15,000 investment and how any of your viewers or any of the minority business owners can be able to access an application. So you don't just have to learn how you can benefit, you can come experience how you benefit. Exactly. Love to hear that. Um, now we have on our special guest to join in and ask um, some of his own questions. Mr. Brother Minister here. Um, I think you're on mute, but um, take it away. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. 
Good evening. Good to meet you, Brother Minister Zumbi Shawala. I said that right? Yes. Awesome. Okay. Now, I'm coming from upstate New York. I'm in Albany, to be exact. And, you know, I'm listening to the dialogue. Well, one of the questions I have is businesses who are trying to apply for MWBE status. Now, I've worked with subcontractors up here who don't necessarily have all their paperwork in order, uh, whether it's their articles of incorporation, insurance, etc. So does Black Brand help uh, enterprises obtain their MWBE status in Virginia? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, one of our focuses is to make sure that we prepare the businesses for pro- uh, contract procurement and access to capital. So that means, yes, we take them step by step uh, through getting different certifications that help, including SWAM certifications, which the uh, windmill project, the windmill project that's happening and the uh, Chesapeake Bay Bridge tunnel expansion that's happening specifically look for businesses with these certifications. So in the pipeline, we educate them. We take them step by step through getting certification. We teach them about contract procurement and then actually put them in front of those uh, organizations and companies that are that are giving the contracts, whether that be government contracts or institutional. Mm, okay. Um and you had also talked about business incubators. Now I know most incubators they don't um, they don't have a preference for whatever that entity is. Um, I've always been one, particularly if you're talking about uh, economic growth, to to get more black people into industries with you know greater growth potential. And it seems to me that we're always choosing, for lack of a better term, low-hanging fruit or industries that have low barriers of industry, but limited growth potential, uh, particularly in the service industries. Mm -hmm. So how can we encourage our people to choose industries that give greater growth potential to where there's a better chance of job improvement? Uh, yeah, so trust me, I know exactly what you're talking about. I founded a tech company when I'm at these tech conferences and tech accelerators. I look around and it's 200 people there and it's me and maybe two or three other brown faces in the room out of hundreds of people. And from what I hear from my colleagues, that's what it's looking like all across America. And as you mentioned, uh, our community is over-indexed in just a few industries, um, food service, fashion, um, as, as you mentioned, industries with, uh, with a low barrier to entry. Um, so the way we overcome that is, is twofold. First, curiosity slash education. If you start talking to young black and Latin children um, about not any specific industry, about business, about scaling, about 
starting something that grows, that starts the path to them being curious about which areas they can go to. Um, the education piece is we are we are constantly in these industries that we don't work in. Um, and a lot of us don't even realize it. For instance, if you're on Instagram a lot, and you're like, man, I wish that it had this feature, and when I do this, this is kind of annoying to me. The thing that you're describing is tech user experience. That's an entire career path that thousands of people in America have right now. User experience for tech or apps. So making them realize that you're already in the spaces that are essentially running the world. You just have to grab a hold. Uh, and the second piece outside of curiosity and education are exactly what we're talking about here. Initiatives that take uh, young entrepreneurs step by step to what they need to know. Um, you know, most of us don't get hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars worth of investment. Is that because we don't have investable ideas? No, that's just because we didn't know that that was an option. We didn't know that we can put together five-year projections and an investment deck and a pro forma financial sheet and bring that to a capital organization and pitch for investment. So having organizations like Black Brand who will literally hold the hand of the entrepreneur and take them through the process that opens up a whole new world of resources, I think those are the two most effective ways to make sure that we start moving into these industries that, by the way, we already, I don't want to say we already run, but we already run. Uh, you know, the, what the black community thinks is cool is often what's cool in America. What's cool in America is what drives trends. Trends are what Instagram and Facebook and Bego and TikTok are chasing. These multi-billion dollar organizations are chasing what we create. Understanding that and then taking the steps, I think that's how that's how we get into these different industries. So that next time I'm at a tech conference, if there's 200 people, maybe I'll see 25 for brown faces. That would be a start. Mm, okay. You, you know, you had talked about um, access to capital, access to funding. Yes. Um, and, and there's two, two areas I want to explore. Uh, one, venture capital, and two, crowdfunding. Now, I know there's been legislation about, you know, legalizing crowdfunding as a viable option to raise capital for uh, business venture. How, how would Black Brand uh, assist in, in, especially in teaching about crowdfunding because it's such a, I guess it's uncharted waters as far as raising capital is concerned. Uh, what I've seen as far as crowdfunding, mm -hmm. uh, it's been used for film projects, um, other projects in what I would call the creative arts field. Uh, how can crowdfunding be used in, in other industries that our people are in? Okay, so I'll take the question in two parts. First, crowdfunding and then venture capital. Hmm. Uh, the reason that I have to separate these two topics is because as of today, 
January 25th, 2022 at 9.28 p.m., it is still illegal for you to receive investment for your business through crowdfunding source. You cannot accept money through crowdfunding and give away equity. Like, hey, if you give me a thousand dollars, I'll give you one percent of my company's profits. That is currently illegal. The reason that you see um, crowdfunding used in the arts, in music, in movie is because in order to crowdfund currently, you have to give them something in exchange. So if I'm an artist and I need $10,000 to put behind some marketing and some travel for touring, then I can crowdfund $10,000 and say everybody who puts in $100 or more is going to receive specialized merchandise. And in that way, I'm not gaining investment and more just making a regular money transaction, a regular purchase transaction. That's why you see those in crowdfunding and not so much help me start my tech company because right now absolutely illegal um as far as venture capital that is the world that i come from uh in the prior b-force accelerator programs we focused exclusively on startups who were after venture capital um we still have many initiatives that focus on venture capital now in for accessing the capital what's most important is that the businesses or founders are prepared to receive capital so we take we take them through a process of getting their pro forma financials correct. We take them to the pro- process of developing five-year pro- projections for their operational plans, as well as five-year financial projections. We help them understand what a venture capitalist is looking for, what makes them say yes, what makes them take the second step to do their due diligence so you can actually receive the money. Then... After all that, we put them directly in front of venture capitalists and have them pitch directly under our watch and also plug them into the local startup community where there are constantly pitch competitions for as little as 500 to up to Mm $50,000. Once they practiced here in the community and with Black Brand, I would suggest that young founders go all across of all across America and pitch every chance you get. Uh, that is the only way we were able. My tech company was able to raise as much money as we did because I pitched in Norfolk and I pitched in Portsmouth and I pitched in Virginia Beach and then I left and pitched in Nashville and then I went further than that and pitched in LA. And if you're serious about your idea or about your startup, you want to give yourself the best opportunity possible. And that means pitching, pitching, pitching. But we are here now. Okay. Um, And I'm kind of, maybe I'm going, you know, all over the place a little bit, but I'm just thinking about uh, business issues that that affect our people. Um, the next thing that comes to mind is intellectual property. Okay, um, I just read an article earlier this evening that RZA is suing bootleggers who basically have um, infringed on the Wu Tang logo. Uh, I know he's looking. There's one suit that he has. He's looking for two million dollars in. 
uh, I can't think of the term, but it, you know, our people, you know, we don't have the protection or we can't afford the IP attorney to protect whatever intellectual property we have. So where, where does black brand sit in, in helping our people if we develop something, uh, particularly in the tech field, uh, to protect that intellectual property? Well, that answer is uh, a threefold answer. One, we have programming that is absolutely free to the community where we have IP uh, professionals and lawyers come in and speak. For our members, we have more hands-on initiatives that puts people with with IP lawyers so they can talk or uh, really just IP professionals because not every IP professional is a lawyer. And at the top of the chart, we have the B-Force Accelerator program. And I will not be able to say that enough during this show, B-Force Accelerator. Uh, For the businesses that apply for the B-Force Accelerator and join the cohort, we will provide them with one-on-one legal counseling at absolutely no cost so they can have their IP questions answered, but they can have any legal business question answered. They can show the lawyer a contract that they've been considering. But once again, yes, they'll be able to have one-on-ones with lawyers and ask them specifically how to protect their IP. Okay, and and that leads into my next question. It just came to me. Um, the importance of using the right legal entity, I'm talking about incorporation. Um, how do you guide the uh, potential entrepreneur to chewing, uh, choosing uh, the proper legal entity for his or her uh, enterprise? Because... You know, you hear people throw terms around like LLC and things of that nature. And people will ask me and I said, look, I'm only speaking as a layman, uh, but make sure you sit down with either a CPA or a tax attorney to find the proper legal entity for for your venture. So, you know, how does Black Brand help the uh, potential entrepreneur choose that proper legal entity? Well, Black Brand in general and the B-Force Accelerator program specifically helps business owners put together a climb team. C-L-I-M-B. CPA, lawyer, insurance, marketing, banker. Uh, These are the people that you need on your team if you want to scale, really if you want to grow at all. yeah, we match we match businesses directly with CPAs and lawyers to sit down and talk about entity formation. We also give programming about entity formation. I've been a consultant for the program myself and has, have helped people through the process of formation. Um, and, you know, it's also about being flexible. Uh, I had a company that we first started as an LLC. And as we started taking in more investment, we had to switch to a C-Corp because that's what was uh that's what was most beneficial for us, both tax wise and for business. Uh, but we're not just going to put them together with the team. 
we're going to give them the language and the education to be able to have this conversation knowledgeably with the team so they understand how their needs match up to the formation of their entity. Mm, okay. Um, and, and I don't know if Black Brand does this. Mm-hmm. Um, for entrepreneurs coming up, um, Black and Latinx, uh, d- is there like a recommended book list that Black Brand offers, uh, you know, to, to get these entrepreneurs? What should they be reading? Um, I don't know if you have like a short list that uh, you would recommend. So it it really depends on what type of entrepreneur, if they're looking for a high growth, fast scaling startup, or if this is more mom and pop storefront type businesses. Black Brand is here uh, to help both, though. Uh, personally, I would suggest... Um, If you are thinking of launching a business that you read startup communities and the startup community way, um, which talks about the resources and ecosystem in every area that exists solely to help small businesses and startups. I would also suggest the hard thing about hard things uh, for any business owner, whether you're a startup or uh, a storefront business, the hard thing about hard things uh, will really help your mind frame in attacking opportunities and surviving and succeeding over challenges. I'm not sure if Black Brand has a book list um, off the top of my head. That's a good idea. But what we do have is a storage of of uh, videos with the same information. The speakers that we've had, the programs that we've run, recorded so that members can access and learn the same things that they would learn in those books, except you'll be learning it from someone local. Just at the beginning of the week, uh, we had a member of Town Bank, one of the leaders in Town Bank, come stop by and give a four-hour program about uh, how to launch your business this year, five things that you absolutely have to do. Open to the public, free right here in Norfolk at the Gather Building where we are, and online for free for members and non-members alike. I would mention that um, you would probably have some great speakers who have come to help out too, like um, Angel Rich um, at Black Brand Events and also Dr. George Frazier. You could probably speak on that a little bit too. Uh, Yeah. Angel Rich is actually amazing. We have so many great speakers uh, stop by and help us with programming and join us on panels. Just three hours ago, I was hosting a panel uh, and we had Ron Busby as our special guest. He's the president and CEO of U.S. Black Chambers. Um, He owned a business called Super Clean. That's a janitorial company. He took it from $150,000 annualized revenue to $1.5 million in annualized revenue. Uh, And he was here not only dropping gems, but telling you exactly where to go to access some of the resources. So in lieu of a book list, we have an amazing list of speakers uh, that all of their stuff is recorded. And I do suggest that anyone who is interesting come learn, please. Mm. 
Yeah, because um, I, I had started an internet show back in 2007, and we're, the first book review I did was The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. And the reason why I like that book is he talks about developing systems within your business. You know, like uh, there's always the question, okay, who can make a better batch of fried chicken than Colonel Sanders? Everyone raises their hand. Now, can you develop a better system and distribution model better than Colonel Sanders? And there was a gentleman who called in. He works in real estate in the, in, in the D.C. area. And the next day he called me and he said, literally, that that book I recommended literally saved his marriage. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I was blown away. But just the importance of making sure that we're getting you know, relevant information in a timely manner uh, so we can stay, you know, one step, you know, one step ahead of the curve, you know. Uh, And I appreciate that you brought up systems because there is no scaling without systems. Like you said, everybody uh, thinks that they can make a better fried chicken than Colonel Sanders, Mm -hmm. but without systems, you can never grow to the size that KFC is. One of the conversations that I have to have with startup founders and uh, business people who want to scale is a heartbreaking conversation because I have to inform them that you're going to go from doing the thing that you love and are passionate about Mm -hmm. to creating systems so that everyone else can do the thing that you love and are passionate about and you can run the systems. Uh, It's not a mental leap that every entrepreneur can take, but if you can take that mental leap, then there is no ceiling for you. You can scale out of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, there's another book I would put on the list is... uh, Peter Drucker's uh, Innovation and Entrepreneurship because he talks about the same thing about developing systems or building a system around your product and service. Yeah, uh, 100%. And, uh, you know, you as the the entrepreneur, you as the founder, you as the passionate one, you know the system better than anyone else, even if you haven't realized that it's a system yet. And a lot of people don't realize that it's a system because they're in there just doing the thing. If your passion is making jeans, then you know the stitching, you know the best denim to use, but your job as an entrepreneur with a scaling business is to create a system around that and to put others in your place. Okay, let me see if I have anything else. Why? I didn't want to run out of questions so soon. (laughs) No, that's actually not a problem because one of the things that I want to talk about today is the B-Force Accelerator Program. Mm, Okay. Uh, This is hugely important to me. I'm going to say it a million times, blackbrand.biz. If at any time while I'm describing this B-Force Accelerator program, you hear something that uh, is, and I'm I'm talking to your listeners right now, Mm -hmm. that you hear something that you think is interesting or you want to be a part of, 
go to blackbrand.biz. It's right there on your screen, and you can apply for the B-Force Accelerator Program. Now, the B-Force Accelerator Program is going to take, uh, in the past, like I said, we help startups and people through the ideation phase and customer discovery. 2022's version of the B-Force Accelerator will focus strictly on established small businesses that have been in existence for two years, a minimum of two years. Uh, We're going to be targeting Black and Latinx businesses in Portsmouth and Norfolk. So if you, Brother Minister, or anybody watching right now knows a Black or Latinx-owned business in Portsmouth or Norfolk, you need to text them right now and tell them to go to blackbrand.biz to apply for the Accelerator Program. Blackbrand.biz. Yes. Um, Once accepted into the program, they'll be a part of a 12-week course uh, where we'll be teaching a lot of the things that we just talked about, contract procurement, accessing capital, how to be prepared to access capital, writing a business plan, developing financials, uh, starting relationships with with banks that support small businesses. We're also going to set them up outside of the once a week course for 12 weeks. We'll set them up with a one-on-one personal business consultant. Okay. Uh, This is what I used to do before I joined Black Brand full-time. I was a business consultant for people, and I was a business consultant for the NSU Innovation Center, which is also doing great work. Uh, They'll be be set up with a one-on-one consultant. That one-on-one consultant will help them with their specific problems that they're having right now. Uh, That one-on-one consultant will also help them do the 12-week course, help them understand anything that they're not understanding, giving them extra resources if they need it. And finally, that one-on-one consultant will also be their point person, their facilitator. So when they come to a point where they need a CPA, that one-on-one consultant is getting them a CPA so they can have a one-on-one. When they come to a point where they need a lawyer to look over things, that one-on-one consultant, that lead consultant is putting them uh, in an hour session with a lawyer to go over things and as many sessions as are needed to get to their success. If they need branding, if they need marketing, that lead consultant is is connecting them with branding experts who will help them help talk through any issues and also do things like create logos, create marketing plans, connect them in with the local media. Uh, so this B-Force program is going to do all of this and more absolutely free. There is no cost attached to this at all. We got that big grant from the Rockefeller Foundation and we are using it to help black and Latinx businesses in our community at no cost. So once again, if you know a black or Latinx business owner in Portsmouth or Norfolk and they've been open for at least two years, tell them to go to blackbrand.biz. There is $15,000 worth of resources specifically for them and I can't wait to give it to them. Uh, And especially because, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking, uh, next month being Black History Month and the talk about this, the great global reset, uh, how opportunity, you know, how. Um, I know there's never an ideal time to launch a business, but with the way things are being in a post pandemic economy. Um, 
would you encourage and how would you encourage black and Latinx uh, individuals to go into business with, you know, in this in this great global reset? Uh, well, the first thing I would do, and I tell this to all black and Latinx entrepreneurs is, man, dive into your into your startup community, dive into your entrepreneurial ecosystem. I personally think that the B-Force Accelerator is the best opportunity for Black and Latinx entrepreneurs. But there are dozens of programs around that also do great work. And you don't have to choose one over the other. You can join the NSU Innovation Center's Accelerator program and get the information you need there. And then come join Black Brands Accelerator program and then go to 757 Accelerate, which is another company doing good work. Um, So get into the ecosystem is the first thing I would tell them. Second, and almost as important, Get educated. If you are interested in launching a fashion business, you should know what the other fashion businesses in the area are. You should know your competitive landscape a little bit. You should look at the most successful fashion companies in the world and see what systems they use, see what strategies they use. Uh, I always tell my clients, don't borrow just steal. If you like the way that Microsoft is doing something, steal that exact thing. If you like the way that their system their system of distribution is set up, you do that. If you like the way that their marketing strategy looks on your screen, yeah, take that. You look at your competitors and you take the best part of everything they're doing and you design systems that work specifically for you and your goals. So that's the first two things. Get into your ecosystem, one. Two, educate yourself. Um, If you're still at the idea phase and you kind of like, I really think this could be a good idea, but I'm not sure if it'll work. The NSU Innovation Center has a great program for people in the ideation phase. They help them through customer discovery, which means you're talking to a hundred potential customers if you get your business off the ground and you're asking them about their needs, what they would like from the from the companies they purchase from, what their favorite parts of the current companies they purchase from are. And with this customer discovery, not only do you validate your idea, but you get a sharper image of exactly what your target audience wants. Um, and once again, that's a part of just diving into the ecosystem. Also, I would suggest becoming a member of Black Brand, without a doubt. Uh, now, there there was something that that came up and always comes up while you're while you're talking. Um, personal financial statements. You know, I had a conversation with three different bankers here locally. They don't know each other, but the one thing that they told me is if you're applying for a loan, uh, whether it's SBA or or business-oriented, if you submit your own personal financial statement, you will increase your chances of securing the loan because what you're doing is you're demonstrating to that loan officer, one, that you're serious about your money, and two... It, it gives an indicator that they could trust you with it because you've taken the time to organize your personal finances. So that should transfer over into your uh, business finances. 
Okay. Now, I, I you know, I don't know if, if, if you've come across that, but that's what three different bankers have told me. And like I said, they don't know each other, but they all told me the same thing about the importance of having an up-to-date personal financial statement to submit with your loan application. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, encourage people to submit a personal statement when they put in a loan application because encourage is not a strong enough word. Um, a lot of loans do not happen unless you submit your personal financial statement. Um, a lot of banks won't even look at your business loan if it doesn't come with a personal financial business statement. Really, that only happens if you're making... If your business is revenueing over $2.5 million a year, if you're under that, you can almost guarantee yourself that they're going to ask for uh, a personal financial statement. But look, on Monday, Lisa Pennyfeather from Town Bank described for four hours what they're looking for on the business side and what they're looking for on your personal financial side. She also went through the specific steps of getting yourself to that level, getting your personal finances in order to be able to uh, submit a bank loan. Um, we have people here from many of the major banks, Town Bank, Bank of America, Truist, Dollar Bank, um, and they will break down step by step exactly how to prepare the financials. Um, look, if you guys come to me, if you're a business owner out there and you're in the sound of my voice, if you come to me, I will put you in front of a loan officer and let you go crazy and ask questions. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, personal finance is, is a huge piece of it. And uh, if you're thinking about going into business, then one of the things you do is look at your personal finances. You do that for two reasons. One, because it's going to help you achieve business loans in the future. Right. Two, if, if you have a very difficult time putting together your personal finances, this might be a sign that you need some more education before jumping into business because a lot of business is financial paperwork, unfortunately. Right. And then also uh, going into um, personally guaranteeing a loan, um, you know, if if you have to personally guarantee a loan, um, you know, how do you I, I guess how do how do you prepare yourself if that be the case? Yeah, and uh, a lot of the times, especially with your first business loan or a small business loan, uh, they are going to ask you to personally guarantee. Uh, one of the things that you want to do that will help prepare you for this, before you get your loan, before you even apply for your loan, make a plan not only for the bank, but for yourself. When you get this money, what are you going to do with that money? How will what you do with that money result in more revenue for your business? I always tell people if it could work on paper, it can work in real life. If you can design a plan for taking in loan money, investing in your business, and that equals more revenue, and that plan makes some kind of sense, not only can you be more confident that you will be able to personally pay back that loan, but the bank will see that and say, oh, yeah, this guy has his stuff together and he has the plan for this. I believe that he will pay back this loan. 
Mm, okay. And and also, I just thought about it. Okay. Um, a business loan versus a line of credit. Yeah, so... Yeah, so... Um, there are... There are a bunch of ways to get access to capital. Uh, one of them is a business loan. Uh, if you, there are some companies, there are some banks that have initiatives to help small business owners uh, access what they call micro loans. Okay. Yeah. Five to ten thousand dollar loan. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of the big institutions don't offer micro loans. Like for instance, Bank of America does not have a micro loan option for a small business. So what they suggest is if you are only looking for a $5,000 loan, then maybe a, a line of business credit is what for you, is what is for you rather than just a loan. Uh, there's actually a lot of ways that working with your banks and looking through their products can help uh, black and Latinx business owners. So you have the business loan, which you would take to make a large investment in yourself to help grow your revenue. You have a line of credit that will, uh, is a, a little bit smaller, but that can be for, to spread around, you know, use in purchases that you have to make and not necessarily a large investment all at once. And also business overdraft protection. If all you really need is an extra $1,000 and maybe not even $5,000, then if you uh, talk to your bank, whoever you're doing business with and ask them if they have business overdraft protection, oftentimes the business overdraft is thousands of dollars worth of coverage and it will be able to help you get from one one step to the next is what we call gap funding if you have a gap in capital then you know having that business overdraft will really help you through those gap funding uh those gap funding times by the way if anyone out there has questions about anything that i'm saying or wants to learn more Go to blackbrand.biz. You can ask for Brian Owens directly. I will call you. I will talk you through it. I will connect you with someone who is an expert. Please help me help you. Reach out. I am only here to help. Yes. And and this will be the last one because I know it's uh, approaching 10 o'clock here on the East Coast. Uh, business plans because... I've worked with people in developing their business plans and I'm old enough to remember when people were writing 60 and 70 page business plans or what they used to call the great American novel. Um, <laughs> now, nowadays they're saying that you should keep it under 25 pages. Absolutely. You know, because the longer it is, the, the more you reduce your chances of, you know, receiving uh, funding, whether it's um, debt financing, equity financing. So how do you make sure that your business plan is what I call being brief, precise and relevant? I, I like those words, brief, precise and relevant. Uh, the word that we use to consolidate all those here at the program is investable. We will help you develop an investable business plan. Um, 
and like you said, back in the day, so many pages to a business plan, but there's levels. We're going to help you create your long form business plan, which might be 10 pages. Then we're going to help you develop the one pager. This is what you give people who are interested a little bit, but they don't want to have to read your entire dissertation in order to in order to learn more about your business. Then we also help you develop an elevator pitch, a quick 45 second pitch of your business. If you just happen to be in the elevator with Elon Musk and you have an idea that you'll know he'll love, we'll help you develop that as well. So there's levels. Uh, We have the elevator pitch, one pager, five page business plan, full business plan. Not only will we help you develop it, uh, but we'll help you continue developing it and because most business plans are, you know, iterations, it's a business is an iterative process anyway. And uh, we'll be there every step of the way to help you develop that and not only get your ideas on paper, but once again, making sure that your business plan is investable. If you have a business currently that you want to get funded or you have a startup that you're interested in developing, blackbrand.biz. I will definitely help you be able to develop your business plan on all levels. And I will put you in connections with experts, CPAs, lawyers, investors themselves, people who have raised millions of dollars, people who have taken loans for millions of dollars to scale, whoever you need. That is why Black Brand is here. We always hear people talking about how are we going to close the black wealth gap, financial literacy? How are we going to help uplift the, the black community? We are the answer. We are here to answer those questions. We are here to empower the community to empower themselves. Everybody talks about these problems. We are taking steps towards the solution. Okay. Great, great. Thank you very much for for this impromptu uh, dialogue. Gentlemen, can you hear me, by the way? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, my um, camera connectivity has somehow stopped working, so I'm just on with audio. I'm running the graphics, as you can see, so I was just letting you guys go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Before we go, again, I can't say it enough blackbrand.biz you can look through the website and uh, see if you want to be a member see if you want to apply to the to the accelerator program see if you want to join any of our other initiatives membership week it is membership week oh it's membership week this week we have so many great events going on i'm not going to give you all the details on all of them because you can go to the website that's on the screen for that right now um but one of the things that i'm really excited about uh that black brand is doing is the cash mob uh we'll be cash mobbing a black owned business um where everybody commits to spending at least twenty dollars and one day in two hours we mob their store and their website uh, to purchase their goods and services. Uh, For the cash mob, this week in membership week, 
Shark City Naturals in Norfolk. We will be there Wednesday. If you want to come meet me face-to-face or learn more about black businesses locally, we'll be at Shark City Naturals on Wednesday from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. Uh, It not only helps raise awareness for black businesses, but is just really a good payday for whatever business we're cash mobbing that day. (laughs) I I personally think that's a genius plan. I love it. I hope I get to see you there, Conrad. And it's real. When I say reach out to me, you can go to the Black Brand website, go to contact us and say, hey, I want to talk to Brian. I will give you my phone number right now. It is 757-237-2977. Call and text or text me and ask how I can help your black or Latin business or how you can support the businesses in your area. I am so serious. Call me, text me. All I want to do is continue to empower the community through group economics. This is the fight of our time. The fight of my parents and my grandparents were, you know, sitting at the diner, making sure that the laws aren't blatantly against you in a very explicit way. The fight of our generation is economic empowerment. This is something that Malcolm X was strong on, especially near the end. This is something that Martin Luther King spoke about a lot, especially near the end of his life. Uh, Economic empowerment is our civil rights issue. What we're doing here by helping black businesses, by putting resources in our community, this is our marching in the streets. This is our sit-in. This is our march on Washington. If anything I'm saying connects with anybody out there, please go to blackbrand.biz or just call me directly. I'm here for the community. Yo, that's dope. <laughs> that's dope. That, that's dope. And I, I'm glad you just brought up, you know, Dr. King. Um, you know, recently we celebrated Dr. King, you know, nationwide. And one of the things that I think is interesting is in 63, he gave the, you know, the extemporaneous talk which became known as the I have a dream speech you know but four years later in 1967 he said my dream has become a nightmare we were overly simplistic we were too ambitious and you know he was saying that we shouldn't get wrapped up into that portion we should really get focused on the practical and economic things And it's it's interesting to me that when Dr. King started speaking about economics and war, war and economics, and, you know, war is profitable. (laughs) And he was talking about the the boycotting of Christmas spending. Then he was killed. Yep. I refuse to believe that is a coincidence. Yo, I remember mean, the then night he before was he was talking about collective bargaining in Memphis. Absolutely. Right. He was talking about collective bargaining with businesses. And near the end, he also spoke about, um, you know, making sure that the U.S. government supports black economic empowerment the way that they supported white economic empowerment since 1776 is the very establishment of America, how the government undergirded its poor white peasants with education and land grants and tools to work land. Mm -hmm. 
the same way that they undergirded their their poor white citizens. Once again, Dr. King's message was equality. That's equality across the board. If they got education, we need education. If they got land grants, we need land grants. If they get tools to work it, we need tools to work it. So this economic empowerment, I say it's the fight of our time, but really it comes uh, from before us. And I'm just so pleased to be a part of this fight. Um, growing up in my teenage years, one of my one of my heroes was Fred Hampton. And uh, even my email right now is still fredhamptonroads at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's also your uh, chess.com handle. That is also my chess.com handle. Come see me on chess.com, by the way. I want wow. all the smoke. <laughs> Word. Hey, look, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of time, but I wanted to pop in and say thank you, Brian, for everything that you're doing, and you know, salute to good brother Conrad, and also wanted to show off my Hampton University shirt. Salute to the Pirates, <laughs> new oh. CAA member. Yep, I support black colleges and universities all day. Mm. About it, about it. Hey, Brian, did you get a chance to talk about your business? Um, I didn't really talk about anything personal here. I talked a little bit about the tech company. Um, I talked a little bit about the music company, uh, but I, I only talked about those in context of how the ecosystem and the chamber specifically uh, has helped me. Blair personally introduced me to investors that help us close a funding gap. Um, so... I, I really want, I mean, I don't mind chatting about it a little bit, but I really want today to be focused on helping the community, the B-Force Accelerator Program, and the Chamber of Commerce. Come to me, come to Black Brand, come to the Chamber. We will connect you with resources, education, and mentors, someone who's done it before. This is not a philosophical conversation. This is a practical application conversation. All right, so I'll put the website up there again, blackbrand.biz. Um, but you know what, Brian? Um, well, I'm about to go back and spend some time with the wifey again. <laughs> so I wanted to salute you. And like I said, show off my Hampton University gear. Um, but hey, yo, do a little dive and Zumbi, I mean, Zumbi and uh, Conrad, man. I'm sure you can uh, take this baby to the strat stratosphere. Brian, tell us about what you do because it's just so dope and i think you're going to inspire and make somebody aspire to do something like you did and once they get to that aspiration and that level of inspiration i'm sure they'll go down to blackbrand.biz and get that tangible benefit so yeah. hey, i love all of y'all want to say thank you and salute peace out to brooklyn peace out to hu <laughs> hey i love y'all peace love you man appreciate for stopping by uh, yeah, so I'll dive in a little bit. I'm a, a mm -hmm. multi-entrepreneur. I have uh, a couple businesses. The one that uh, I think Seiko was referring to there is um, three, maybe four years ago, I co-founded a tech company called Secret Cord Laboratories. Um, what we do is develop data analytics. Uh, we develop through our technology, we develop data analytics based on the neuroscience of music enjoyment. Um, mm. My two co-founders were neuroscientists who specialize in the way that your brain 
understands and enjoys music. Um, it started because my friend Scott and I were building a recording studio during the daytime. And at night, I was helping him with his PhD dissertation uh, at Georgetown University. His dissertation was How Do Patterns of Sound Cause Pleasure in the Brain? How do you go from music out there to enjoyment and dopamine up here? Uh, through the research that we did in the dissertation and uh, the tech that we developed just to prove his dissertation theory, uh, what we ended up doing was able, ostensibly able to recreate the brain of specific and targeted listeners and be able to give predictive data about how they might react to new music. Right now, what the music industry does to gather data, they make the song, put it out there, whichever, once they put the album out, whichever song people love the most, they'll throw marketing dollars behind it as fast as they can to get that, get that song to, to grow and become more and more popular. Um, that is because they do not have predictive data. All their data comes directly from the market. What we were positioned to do is to give the industry predictive data to be able to strategically plan the marketing scheme before you get the official crowd reaction. Uh, the music industry is a, a multi-billion dollar industry. So even if we're helping business decisions by just one or 2%, uh, it's still more than enough to make all the stakeholders uh, happy. That is the startup that I went to Nashville for the Google Accelerator for, and the one that I was pitching all around uh, America. Uh, if you are ambitious and you are passionate about learning, doing your own research, you can succeed in any industry, including tech. Uh, we are not, you know, in the tech industry huge. That's going to change in the future. We are going to be a part of that change. But as someone who has done it, um, I can tell you it's doable. And I can't tell you how to do your thing, but I can tell you the things I've learned that helped me do my thing and maybe help you incorporate those gems into whatever you have. Uh, and real quick, my other business, RVG Management, Ronan Village Group Music Management. Um, we manage uh, some R&B artists. Most of them are local in the area. Uh, if you have Spotify or Apple Music, Check out G Lit G E E L I T T G E E L I T T uh, G Lit. She just dropped a project called uh, "While We Wait." Great music. If you're into R and B or alternative R and B, please check us out. Okay. We also have a recording studio uh, on Virginia Beach Boulevard over by Great Neck. So if you create music and need a place to be recorded professionally with radio and streaming service quality music, you can also reach out. Okay. Oh, and while we're at it, um, I've launched my own, what I call my media group, Liberty Hall Media Group. And the first thing that we produced was a book I've written here. If you can see it, mm -hmm. it's called GOAT. It's called The Gospel of Afronomics Theology. Uh, this is about 22, 23 years of research and personal experience in business. I, the best way for me to describe this 
is Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad meets Malcolm X's Black Nationalism. I love it already. Okay. <laughs> so, um, because it is a blueprint for the 21st century and beyond. So those of you who are millennials and beyond will get the most mileage from this book because the one thing that I think is missing is there seems to be a disconnect between culture and economics. Okay. And for particularly for African people, we, we tend to look at economics in a vacuum and not look at it through an African-centered lens or an African-centered paradigm. Mm. So so this is what GOAT is about. Um, I'm already working on my, my next book, which will kind of be a continuation in a series that deals with this. And it's funny that you mentioned music. Um, one of the things that I'm, I'm doing research on right now is the Harvard Report. I don't know if you're familiar with the Harvard Report. The Harvard Report? Yes. No. Okay. The Harvard Report uh, allegedly was commissioned by Clive Davis. And this was done at Harvard University. It was a study of the, the soul music industry in the 70s. Ultimately, what they wanted to do was, how do we destroy independent black radio and independent black music? Mm. Okay. And um, and I, I don't know if you're old enough to remember Bob Law uh, from WBLS in New York. Uh, I don't remember, but I am familiar. Okay, so and and you can find these interviews on YouTube where he talked about going uh, from the mid to late seventies in terms of the dismantling of. Of, of that strong black radio. In fact, there's a book and you can get it on Amazon, just like uh, the Gospel of Afronomics Theology. You can also get on Amazon. Um, there's a book called The Harvard Report Censored. Hmm. Okay. And if you want to understand how we've gotten to where we are in terms of black music, get that book. It's basically a blueprint of what was done systematically over time. Hmm. Yeah, that's something that I, I would actually love to uh, to find out. Kimberly's wondering where we can purchase the book. Amazon. Amazon, yes. Amazon.com and purchase that book. Brother Minister, we are having a, a conference of Black authors in the Hampton Roads area later this month. We're going to talk about strategies to grow audience, strategies to sell more books and get the information into the hands of the people that you're targeting. We'll have authors of all levels of success from beginning to best selling. I would love to see you there and love to hear you talk a little bit about uh, the book that you have written and your upcoming book. Okay. Now, will there be an opportunity to, um, be virtual. Yes. All of our conferences and events, all of the black brand conferences and events for the foreseeable future will be hybrid events. Uh, okay. We'll have an in-person option and we will have a virtual option. Oh, okay. Perfect. I, I would love to do that because, you know, there's a couple of um, book fairs um, that have gone virtual. One, uh, the Harlem book fair, uh, under the leadership of Max Rodriguez, they've basically gone uh, virtual until further notice from City Hall. Uh, the other one is based in Chicago. It's a uh, sister name, Asada Kirkland. 
she's originally from Harlem, but she relocated to Chicago and she launched, this will be their third, maybe fourth year of the Chicago Book Fair this summer. I think it's usually done in August. Mm. So those are two major uh, black book fairs for anyone who wants to get their book into the hands of their people. Uh, I remember going down to the Harlem Book Fair. I saw an eight-year-old boy who self-published his first book along with his father who self-published his book. Wow. Okay, so these these are the stories that we need to see. Uh, another thing that I always get into is something what I call infopreneurship. In the past, it used to be called information marketing. Mm-hmm. And I've always argued that that's an industry that African people should get into because all of us have information. The question is, how do we package it and how do we monetize it, particularly in this post-pandemic climate? where people say, I don't know what to do. If you're an expert in something, uh, whether it's fitness, whether it's sales, business, health, um, this is an opportune time to get into the infopreneur industry or the information marketing industry. Um, So you should never say that you don't have nothing because everybody has information. It's just how do you package it? How do you monetize it? Yeah, if you have information, you can definitely, uh, you can monetize. Uh, All the rooms that I've been in, whether it was uh, business, whether it was neuroscience, whether it was tech, I'm always surrounded by people who have more formal certifications than I do. And a lot of times the pressure of that kind of stops our community from doing things. Uh, But if you have the information, you can capitalize. I was in those rooms because I had the information and I had the expertise through experience rather than through formal training. So if you have the information, absolutely, it is definitely respected. Absolutely. And like I said, it's a it's a low barrier of entry, but there's unlimited um, income that can be earned from it. You know, it can be done uh, as an extra stream of revenue in your business or it can actually be done as as its own enterprise. You know, because like I said, I'm old enough to remember when infomercials first came out and the first one that I saw. I'm dating myself, was the old personal power tapes that Tony Robbins used to push back in the 80s. The, the yeah, 80s. I remember. Okay. And then we would see Carlton Sheets with his real estate, his real estate course. So those are just two examples of what being an infopreneur can do for you. 100%. And now um, it really, there is, almost zero barrier to entry because even then they needed the production team to shoot the video, the distribution network to get the video out, the marketing dollars to even get their infomercial on television. Through the power of the internet and social media, you can go directly to your audience and start building. And believe me when I say, if you build a big enough following or an engaged enough following, not only can you capitalize on that, but companies will probably come directly to you. Yeah. 
And and going back to where you're talking about with authoring, I always use the the example of the Guerrilla Marketing book series. Okay, uh, it was done by an adjunct professor at a, at a community college in the Bay Area, J. Conrad Levinson. And the reason why he wrote it was because no one had really written a a marketing book or a marketing program for the small business. It was always for your big Fortune 500. So he created this thing called Guerrilla Marketing. The first book he wrote in the series, it made $10 million, but he only made 35,000 in royalties. The rest of the money came from the ancillary products that came from that pro from that book. Whether it's the coaching programs, you know, other things that that came from that guerrilla marketing series. So just the power of a book, it can actually be the foundation of your own business enterprise. Without a doubt. And I actually love where, where your mentality is right now. Um, if, if you know anyone with a similar mentality, please send them my way. I'd love to help build up some of these uh, established businesses. And once again, uh, just people with ideas, because that is what all businesses are founded on. Absolutely. Well, guys, I think we're nearing the end. Um, Any little final words we want to have for the night? Yeah, the last thing I want to say is once again, contact me, text me, 757-237-2977, and go to, where is it? Black, thank you. Thank you so much, all right. Blackbrand.biz. That's the way to apply for the B-Force Accelerator. That's the way to apply to membership. That is the way to ask about what programs and initiatives we have going on. Even if you just want to hit the contact us button and said, hey, Brian told me that uh, if I'm interested in business, I should contact you. Just leave that one word, that one sentence message. I'll get back to you. And and this is the the opportune time. You know, everyone talks about the great resignation, but I look at this as the great opportunity. Okay, absolutely. And, and like you, yeah, like you said, you know, uh, whether it's BlackBrand.biz or or other, this is the best time for you to develop your financial freedom and your economic independence. There's really never been a better time. Especially if you're a black and black or Latinx uh, founder or business owner right now, uh, equity, um, black owned. Some of these are buzzwords right now. They're kind of trendy because of that. Many organizations and government organizations are pouring money in to the organizations that are supposed to go and meet these businesses where they are. If you need funding, if you need resources and you are a black business owner, now is definitely the time to start that business. Now is definitely the time to scale the existing business. We don't know how long the word black owned will be cool to the greater American public. It is right now. Let me help you strike while the iron's hot. Stay floss, 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 stay The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. 
unless explicitly stated. <laughs> stay floss, stay floss, stay floss, stay floss, stay floss, stay floss. Stay floss.